And last week, uh, Dr. Austin was talking about the difference between hope and faith. The difference between hope and faith. And I thought it would be a good place to kind of restart again on the biblical definition of faith there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And I'm going to read for the NIV first, and then we're going to read through a couple of different translations. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. As a matter of fact, let's say it. Say, let's, let's say, now faith is... Being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The Amplified Bible says this, Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact, as what? Fact. As fact, what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So a way to shorten that verse is say, now faith is the title deed to things hoped for. The title deed. The King James says the substance. Everybody say the substance. The centenary translation says this, faith is the title deed for things hoped for, putting to proof things not seen. So believing is action, and faith is the cause of the action. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about the three, faith, hope, and love. And here's the way they work together. Hope is the goal setter. Love is the motivator. And faith is the activator. So hope is necessary because you have to have a goal. How many of you know you've, if you don't have a goal, you won't reach anywhere? I mean, that's just basic common sense, right? <laughs> so hope is the goal setter. Love is the motivator, and you need love because we're not trying to misuse what God has prepared for us, right? And we've talked about it on Sunday, and Dr. Austin talked about it last Wednesday about how, hey, maybe you shouldn't just believe for yourself. Maybe you should believe to be a blessing to other people at the same time, right? So love is the motivator, but faith is the activator, so without faith, it doesn't work. Tell your neighbor, say, without faith, without faith. It, doesn't work. it doesn't work. You know, I, I believe it was Fred Price that used to say this, that he would say, hope will put a smile on your face while the ship is sinking. Faith will stop the ship from sinking. How many of y'all want to have a smile on your face and stop the ship from sinking at the same time? Right? Amen. And I can't tell you uh, how many times, especially in the recent days, that I've heard Pastor Lingerfeld say this, that hope is not a plan. Hope is not a plan. Tell your neighbor, say hope is not a plan. We don't hope and just throw it up. Hope has no substance. Hope is like saying, okay, well, maybe if it happens. No, faith says it's going to happen. Why? Because I believe in what God has done and I'm waiting for the manifestation of what God has done in my life. So, you know, hope is not a plan. And people, they do this with all kinds of things and they do it with their kids. They, you know, well, I hope my kid turns out right. Tell the neighbor, say, that won't work. I know it biblically it won't work, but I also know 
experientially, it won't work. The Bible says, train a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it. Well, training a child is different than just hoping. Training is taking action. It's taking action. So you're doing things. You're doing things. And, you know, we read last week about Abraham because Abraham is the father of our... Abraham's the father of our what? Faith. Galatians calls Abraham the father of our faith. Do you know why Abraham's the father of our faith? Because Abraham took action. God cut a covenant. You know, we're just in, the, we're just in this with our daily Bible reading. We just finished up. Abraham has just passed away, and now we're on Isaac. But, you know, God had a covenant with Abraham, and God says, okay, I'm making a covenant with you, but you need to circumcise yourself, your children, your, you know, people around you, your servants, all the males need to be circumcised. And the Bible says that very day, that very day, Abraham lines them up and one by one they circumcise them. Now, that would have been an interesting day. <laughs> but the point is he took what? Action. And then something very interesting that we're reading today in the, the daily Bible reading. Abraham is old. Abraham had Isaac. Abraham knows his time is coming to a close. So Abraham, you know, Genesis 18, 19 says that God blessed Abraham. This is my paraphrase. God blessed Abraham because he would command his children and his servants to follow God. In other words, God's commands. Well, Abraham's about to pass away. Isaac is not married yet. So Abraham doesn't just sit there and go, well, I hope Isaac turns out okay. No, because how many all know, for a young person, the number one decision for a young person is what? Who they marry. Some of you are like, yeah, I know, right? Who they marry. Tell your neighbor, say, a young person needs to marry the right person. Right? And it says this, Abraham sends his servant back to his own clan, his own people, because he says, I don't want Isaac to marry a Hittite because that's what we're surrounded by. That's where we are. I want Isaac to marry a godly woman. And the servant goes back. So he doesn't just hope. He didn't just go, well, I hope it works out. No, what did he do? He took what? Action. action. He took what? Action. action. He took action and his servant goes back and finds a virgin, a godly woman, and by the way, was a beautiful woman. That's what the Bible says, a beautiful woman, right? So see, Abraham was our, is our father of faith because he always took action. He always took action. Faith is about taking action. So you never say faith is about, faith is about. taking action. So faith gives us the hope, that faith gives us the substance of things hoped for. Now hope is necessary because hope, Hebrews 6 says hope is an anchor for the soul. It keeps us firm and secure. I would challenge, you know, read, meditate on the second half of Hebrew chap, Hebrews chapter 6. If you're looking for something to read and meditate on, meditate on the end of Hebrews chapter 6, second half, because in there, the writer of Hebrews talks about how that there's two things 
that we have are, that, that make us strong. One of them is God cannot lie. And the second thing is, is that we have a high priest, Jesus, in the order of Melchizedek in heaven. Now, why would we need a high priest in heaven if we weren't looking for things to happen now? This is a book of now. This is a book of now. You know, it tells us a little bit about heaven, but not a whole lot. As a matter of fact, teenagers are funny because when you start talking, when you start talking about the little the Bible talks about in heaven, they've got a thousand questions. Well, is it going to be like this, or is it going to be like that? Well, what's what's the, what's this going to be like? And what's I don't know. Because <laughs> guess what? The Bible doesn't tell us. You know why the Bible doesn't tell us? Because I'm not really concerned about heaven. Because heaven is going to take care of itself. I want to know how to bring heaven down on earth, right? So this book is a book about now. Hope is always future tense, and faith is always now. And as I'm describing this, y'all can see, or some of you are thinking about how a lot of people get caught up in this in religion and different types of churches because they're always focused on the future, the future, the future, the future, the future, the future, the future. Man, excuse my language if this offends you. Man, my life sucks, but you know what? I'm going to heaven. The future, the future, the future, the future, the future, the future. And then Christian music sings about the future, the future, the future, the future. Listen, the future's gonna be great. How many of y'all know the future's gonna be great? But we're not in the future. We're, we're here. We're here. So you have to learn how to operate in the now, in the today. Because as believers, we're possessors. As believers, we're possessors. Everybody say this. Say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. So, I'm a so I'm a possessor. Say like you mean it. Say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. So I'm a possessor. I'm a possessor. A possessor? What, is, what do you mean a possessor? I'm talking about possessing the things of God, possessing the, the, the benefits of what God has set out for us. And this is why, and we're going to talk, we're going to look at it a little bit tonight. This is why this rubs people, a lot of people, the wrong way because faith demands you do something. Faith demands action. So everybody say this. Say, action is not an option. Tell your neighbor, say, I told you action is not an option. See, it's not an option. You have to act. You have to do something in obedience to what God has said in order to receive what God has said. Because if what God has said automatically happens in people's lives, how many of y'all know our life and other people's lives would be completely different? It would be completely different. This room would be full. This room would be full. How many of y'all know God wants people's bottoms in church? Amen. Trying to be careful here. God wants people's bottoms in church, right? That's the plan of God. That's, what, that's the way you mature in Christ. 
That's the way you become a disciple in Christ. And not only that, that's the way you, it's a, it's a tool to be able to use to win other people to Christ. I mean, there's all kinds of lists about it, but yet, I mean, we could look around tonight and that's not the case. Why? Because people don't want to take action. They'd rather just talk about, oh, wouldn't that be great? Or wouldn't this be great? Or wouldn't that be great? No, 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 you've got to take action. John chapter six, verse 47 says, in the King James Version, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He that believeth hath eternal life. Everybody say it. Say, he that believeth hath eternal life. Now, when John Osteen was alive and Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, they would teach on this phrase, he that believeth hath. He that believeth hath. He that believeth hath. We would say in today's vernacular, he that believes has. He that believes has. Now, there is a process to faith. There is a process to faith. How many of y'all know faith is not magic? Boy, some of y'all are not convinced of that. How many of y'all know faith's not magic? Faith is not saying some sort of incantate, inc whatever that word is. See, I'm not a witch, so I don't know. But faith is not saying that, having spells and all that. No, there's a process to faith. First, you gotta hear the word, right? Then, you gotta meditate on the word. Why do you have to meditate on the word? Well, you gotta meditate on the word so that you'll believe the word. You gotta meditate on the word so it becomes a part of you. You gotta meditate on the word so that whenever a situation comes up, that's your first reaction not your flesh or not the sinful nature, but what God has said becomes your first reaction. So you gotta hear the word, you gotta meditate on the word. Part of meditating is also what? Memorizing the word. Tell your neighbor, say, you gotta memorize. You know you gotta memorize, right? You gotta memorize the word, then you gotta believe the word. You gotta believe that it's true, right? And how many all know that's a person that you gotta believe, right? You have to believe, you have to believe. You gotta believe the word. Then you gotta confess the word. Then you come to the point where because you've, you've meditated on the word, because you've memorized the word, because you believe the word, now the word starts coming out of where? Your mouth. Then when you start confessing the word, then you start taking action upon the word. You start taking action upon the word, right? You start taking action upon the word. There's a certain faith goal that I have that are in my confessions, and when I make those confessions, right, uh, if I'm not taking action on that certain confession, the Holy Spirit's always convicting me to take action, take action, take action, take action, take action, right? You gotta take action. Tell your neighbor, say, you gotta take action. <laughs> then you gotta obey the word. You gotta obey the written word. So you're reading the written word, you come across something, you gotta obey it. You gotta obey the written word. Then you start obeying the Holy Spirit of God. See, there's a process to this. See, that's why, you know, you, some, you need time 
to build this into your life. And the, the more you build this into your life, the more it becomes natural to you. And the more natural it becomes, the stronger you become. And the stronger you become, the more results you see. There are things that I can believe God for today that 15 years ago I might have had a hard time with. But I've been meditating on the word. I've been believing the word. I've been confessing the word. I've been acting on the word. I've been obeying the word. And I've been obeying the Holy Spirit of God. Well, all of a sudden now, watch out. Because now you're moving. How many of y'all want to be moving? Anybody here want to succeed? You got to succeed. See, he that believeth hath. He that believeth hath. Now, this, this offends people who just live in hope. This offends them, and this offends people we call mental assenters. Mental assenters are somebody that hears the word and they agree with it mentally, but they never take action on it. And that's probably where a majority of church people are. Most people won't argue with the word. Now, there's a group of people growing that are starting to do what I call Bible gymnastics because they're, 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 you know, taking the word and they're stretching it and they're moving it. But a majority of people that are in the church, good, decent people, believe what the word is. So if you tell them, look, you can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, they're not gonna look at you and go, liar. <laughs> no, they know that's in the word, so they know that's right, but they're not, living in it because it's hope for them. It's hope. It's hope. That's all it is. It's hope. And hope is empty. Book of Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. Hope deferred. How many of y'all know there comes a point when you need an answer to your prayer? Y'all know there comes a point where, by God, you need a manifestation of what you're believing Him for. Amen. Right? How many y'all know there comes a point where you need to hear some answers? Right? And that's not, that's not, that's not not. I mean, that's not. I'm not going against God when I say that. I'm just simply saying that hope deferred makes the heart sick because it's just like it keeps, it's out of reach and out of reach and out of reach and out of reach and out of reach. Listen. God had to get Abraham past this. God told Abraham, look, a son is coming your way. And Abraham had a hard time grasping it. How did God get Abraham to grasp it? Well, he takes him outside the tent. He says, look at the stars. And he looked at the stars and he said, if you could count the stars, that's how many descendants you're gonna have. When he had none. So what was, what was God? God was trying to get Abraham to what? See it. See, you got to see it first. But then after you see it, you start moving towards it. You don't just see it and go, oh, that's great. No, when you see it, then you start taking steps toward it. But yeah, Aaron, man, I see what God wants to do in my life. But man, it is mighty big. Well, that's the good news. I'm not saying you take every step on your own. I'm saying you simply do what God tells you to do, and he does the rest. What a life. Can I get a witness? What a life. 
What an opportunity. So, you know, he that believeth hath, and he that hope hath not. Everybody say this. Say, he that believeth hath, he that hopes hath not. See, if you hope, you don't have it. If you hope, you don't have it. Hope, people say, well, I'll possess that at some point, at some point, at some point. No, no, no. We've got it now. We've got it now. I said, we've got it now. How many of you know all your needs are met when? Now. Now, all right. All of your needs are met now. You know, and I'm not, and I'm, look, I'm not knocking anybody, telling them that they're evil, wicked people. These are people that love God. These are wonderful people. But they are failing in life when you don't have to fail in life. Anybody ever failed before? Was that an enjoyable experience? No, no, no. He's taking us from what? From glory to glory to glory. You know, you can, you can have all the wonderful platitudes. You can have all the wonderful things that you say. You can have all the beautiful songs singing about it. But they're still failing in this life. And God has not called you to fail in this life. Abraham believed in spite of hope. He brushed hope aside and he grasped the thing that God had promised. Now, it might have taken him a minute to grasp it, but once he grasped it, Abraham took action. Everybody tell your neighbor, say, Abraham took action. Now, many people are in bondage to faith's most dangerous enemy, and that is hope. Faith is the substance to that for which we vainly hoped. In other words, faith is the reality. Faith is what we stand on. Faith gives us something to stand on. So we're not talking about a fairy tale here. We're not talking about, oh my goodness, this seems so far. And listen, I understand. I understand. We're all at different areas in our life. We're all at different levels in our life. Some of us have been at this for many, many years. Some of us have been around it but haven't really been taking action for many years. So now you, got, you started taking action. Some of you this is brand new to. I understand that. We all are at different levels. But listen, you've got to start taking action today. Tell your neighbors, say, take action today. Take action today. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, it's not just a fairy tale. It's not make-believe. It's real. It's real. My healing is real. My provision is what? Real. The wisdom I need is what? It's real. Anybody here need wisdom? Oh, my goodness. And then the more you do for the Lord, the more wisdom you need. Right? Hope has no substance. It's an empty cloud. Hope deludes the lost. It deludes the sick and the defeated. There is no hope for the hoper if he remains a hoper. In other words, tell your neighbor, say, don't be a hoper. Tell the neighbor, say, especially you. 
Now let me say this, many, many, many people are hopers on purpose because hope does not demand action. You gotta work at this church. You cannot sit in this church for any extended period of time without being convicted to take action. Can I get a witness? And some people can't handle that. So they go down the road to where all they have to do is show up for an hour on a Sunday morning and no action is demanded on their part whatsoever. But guess what? They're failing. They're failing in life. They're failing in life. We build winners at Faith Christian Center. Power lunch is coming up a week from Saturday. Guess what pastor is going to be doing? He's going to be challenging us. He's not going to come in and say, you know, guys, those of us that are saved, isn't it going to be great in heaven? No, because guess what? We don't have to think about that. What I do have to think about is what am I going to do in between now and heaven? Right? So I can guarantee he's going to come in here and he's going to challenge you men and me. I didn't mean to exclude myself from that. (laughs) Because I've been listening to pastors since 1989 and I still get challenged. Because it's the Holy Spirit of God and the written word of God. The Bible is living and active. The Bible is always challenging us, always pushing us, always going on. See, and people, they don't like, they don't like coming in here about faith because faith demands action. Faith demands action. And hopers are put off by faith, and hopers are put off by faith people, and hopers are offended by action takers. They're offended. They're offended. They're offended. Yeah, I mean, it's not very often that I'm not speaking to people that, are, that I know or to teenagers that I know, but occasionally, if I'm speaking to some teenagers I don't know and they hear this stuff, some of them get offended. They get offended. I was telling this one group, you know, hey, look, you know, if you're following God, you're not gonna be confused. He's your guide. He's your leader. He, he makes it clear to you. If you're following him, there is no confusion. This teenager came up afterwards, tried to, you know, try to front me about it. So you mean if I am ever confused that I'm not following God? You mean to, did you mean to say that? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what type of prayer life he has, but the prayer life I have is, man, when I'm praying, things become crystal clear to me. And not only do things, this is the way my prayer life is right now. When I'm praying to God, things not only become crystal clear, but my to-do list grows. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? My action list grows because God is constantly, constantly leading me, guiding me on ways to put action to my faith. Because if I'm gonna confess something, And you realize this, if if you're gonna confess his promises and if you're gonna believe his promises, he's gonna tell you how to get there. 
But you got to take action to get there. I said, you got to take action to get there. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to take action to get there. See, prayer is, that is based on hope is sure to fail. It'll fail every time. Salvation that is based on hope never comes to maturity. The sick person who hopes for healing remains sick. So let us change hope into faith as Abraham did. Amen? Amen. Let us change hope into faith as Abraham did. Then life will be a success. So what do we mean by this? What do I mean? Change hope into faith, all right? Here's what we mean. Find ways to take action on them. I have, a, I have my calendar on my phone, on my computer, but I also have a written calendar because I, like I like to open up the month, see everything, you know, written down. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit older. Written down, right? <laughs> and so there's certain things at the first of the month I transfer over. There's certain things I transfer over, and I learned this from pastor. Uh, you know, for many years, you know, I, one time I heard him talking about, you know, say what you want and no grumbling. So on every day in my calendar, I put on the bottom of that day, say what you want, no grumbling. Say what you want, no grumbling. Why do you, why do, you do that? Because man, I, see here I am talking about it, I wanna build that into me. And then there's certain things that I have grasped over the year from Pastor Lingerfeld or Oral Roberts or T.L. Osborne that I transfer over every single month just to remind myself. And one of the things that I write in my calendar every month that remind myself from Pastor Lingerfeld from Pastor Lingerfeld is relentless action. Relentless action. Relentless action. Find a way to take action. Find a way to take action. All right, who in here has all your needs met? Anybody here? Now look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying your bank account looks fantastic right now. I'm saying you believe what the word of God says that all your needs are met. Anybody here know you delight yourself in the Lord? And what, what does he do? Grant, y'all know the word. So that's what else we do at Faith Christian Center. We actually talk about the word. He grants you the desires of your heart. All right? So because all your needs are met, because you know 2 Corinthians 9 that says you will be made rich in every way so that, so that, so that, so that you can be generous on how many occasions? Every. How many occasions? Every. Every occasion. So guess what tonight is? Amen. So I expect all y'all to sow a seed tonight. Amen. I'm sowing a seed tonight. All right, because my needs are met, I'm looking for ways to take action on that. I'm looking for ways to sow seed on that. I'm looking for ways. Now listen, I follow the written word of God. I tithe. I, I'm a tither, 100%. I am an unashamed tither. Anybody else in here an unashamed tither? Oh, come on now. Anybody else in here an unashamed tither? We need a shirt that says I'm an unashamed tither. I come with shirt ideas, all t-shirt, all that. <laughs> but it's just hope because I don't ever take any action. <laughs> so I need to turn my hope into what? Action. action. All right, so we, we're, 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 we're sowing seeds, sowing seeds, sowing seeds, sowing seeds, and then I'm, I'm confessing the scriptures, you're confessing the scriptures, so because I'm confessing the scriptures, the Holy Spirit starts leading me 
Maybe there's a, maybe he wants me to do something for somebody. Or maybe there's a certain project he wants me to give to. Man, he, I was sitting here at Holy Week Revival. I was sitting here at Holy Week Revival several years ago, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to make a house payment for so-and-so. You say, how do you know that was God? Wasn't from me, I guarantee you that. <laughs> no. I don't ever sit around the house going, you know what, Christy, let's, let's make a house payment for so-and-so. I'm making my own house payments right now, right? right, right. And, I, and look, I, I would love to sit here and tell you that I went out and acted on it immediately, but I would be lying to you, and I'd be held accountable for that. It took me a long time. I'm not gonna tell you how long it took me. <laughs> but every time I made my confessions, the Holy Spirit kept reminding me, kept reminding me, because at that point, my confession was just what? It was just hope. It was just hope. And then I did it. And then I did it. And I, praise the Lord, I obeyed. Now I'm working on quick obedience. Can I get a witness? Quick obedience. But I obeyed. So now my faith has what? Substance. Oh, yeah, man. Now, now when I'm praying to God, I remind him, I obeyed you. I paid for this. I did this. I did. And look, I'm re- my faith has substance now. There's a point of contact. There is now, it's no longer just a dream. It's no longer just a pipe dream. It's no longer just something that's out there in the world of hope. It is now turned into faith because I've, take, I've taken action and I've listened to the Holy Spirit of God. So I am constantly listening. I was just, when I was doing my confessions of praying yesterday, he told me what I, he told me another seed I need to sow. So I gotta take what? I gotta take action on that. Why? Because God is trying to get me to my end result, which is his promises coming to pass and manifested in my life. But until you take action, you've got no substance. You got no substance. That's why, that's why we always tell you, look, if you're not feeling well, what's the number one thing to do? Pray for someone else. Put some action, put some action, put some action. Faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. Everybody say it. Say faith is the substance of things hoped for. So find ways to take action on the written word of God, the Bible. Don't be an action shirker. Hopers are action shirkers. They don't want to take action. They don't want to take action. They don't want to take action. Get out of, get, get, go out of your way. Inconvenience yourself in the pursuit of taking action. Find ways to take action. See, when you live a life of faith, you do not live in worry or anxiety. Those things don't concern me whatsoever because when I live by faith, my number one thing that I need to do every single day is not focus on those things, not focus on worry, not focus on fear, but focus on how can I take action on the Word of God today. 
That's our job. Take action, take action, and then guess what you're gonna do tomorrow? Take action, and what are you gonna do on Friday? And what are you gonna do on Saturday? Take action. Take action. And what, it's the consistent action. It's that consistent action that gets you to grow and become. See, this is how a believer's life is completely different than an unbeliever's life. Unbelievers are they're worried, they're full of fear, they're full of anxiety. I'm taking action. I'm taking so I'm taking action on my kids all the time. I'm taking action on my kids all the time. Every first of the month, my kids know in our group text, hey, who do I need to pay this month for reading the daily Bible ring this month? Who wants the $100? You pay your kids to read the Bible? Absolutely. <laughs> because I want them to take what? Action. Action. Now, you might not be at that level. You might be way above that level. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. When I get around my kids, I am constantly training them, dropping seeds in them, you know, telling, you know, talking about this, talking about that. What am I doing? I'm taking what? What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm taking action. My daughter probably doesn't understand this, but because she went to a college that is too far in my estimation, seven hours away, that's as far as it's gonna go, right? And she went to the very tip of the, of the iceberg there, you know, I show up once a semester, I plop myself in a hotel in Springfield, Missouri, and I tell her, when you're out of class, we're gonna go eat dinner, and when you're, and this and that, she might understand, why the heck is my dad do, what, what, she's, you know, why are you here? Because I love you, that's why I'm here, and I wanna see you, Forget FaceTime. I want to see you face to face. What am I doing? I'm taking what? I'm not just throwing it up in the air and hoping that everything's okay. I'm taking action, taking action, taking action, taking action. And then what do you do? You take some more action. You say, Aaron, when do I have to stop taking action? When you're dead. That's <laughs> when you stop taking action. And then you have to take action on what God tells us to do after that point on. What is he going to tell us to do? I don't know. Don't be like the teenagers. I don't know. What am I going to do? What, what's God going to have me do in heaven? I don't know. He'll tell you when you get there. <laughs> take action. Tell your neighbor. Say, take action. Take 